Hi, you're listening to my mom, Kat Lee, on the Inspired to Action podcast. Hey, can I listen to it? Hey, my name is Kat Lee, and I want to welcome you to the Inspired to Action podcast. I hope this show is the pep talk that you need as a mom, a reminder that what you do every day is life-changing, and it matters more deeply than you could ever imagine. Out of all the women in the world, God chose you to be the mother of your children because you are special and amazing and he has called you and he will equip you. So thank you for serving your family, for loving your children fearlessly and for fighting to be a great mom. This episode is for you. Let's jump right in. Hey friends, this is Kat Lee, and we have a fun episode today. We're talking to Rachel Cruz, who is also Dave Ramsey's daughter, and she shares some really funny stories about meeting her husband and how he may or may not have paid for their first date. Um, Rachel's also going to talk about how comparison can negatively impact our finances and how we can move away from that and toward financial freedom. She'll share some great healthy money habits, and I'm going to overshare about how rush hour traffic and back sweat had a positive impact on the financial aspect of Jimmy's and my marriage. I know that's the way you're supposed to say it, Jimmy's and my. That sounds weird. Jimmy's and I, I and Jimmy's. All right, I'm going to move on. Uh, I want to say a huge thank you to our show sponsor, Plan to Eat. Uh, They're an online menu planning site, and they make my whole meal planning shopping experience so much easier. I highly encourage you to check them out. You can get a free 30-day trial by going to plantoeat.com forward slash inspired to action. All right, let's get into our chat today with Rachel Cruz. Hey, Rachel, thank you so much for being on the show today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. So I know a lot of people listening are probably quite familiar with your dad, Dave Ramsey, but I would love for you to give us a little glimpse into you and your family. Sure. Yes. Well, um, growing up as Dave Ramsey's kid, you can imagine I learned a thing or two about money and um, mom and dad did such a good job, I feel like, giving us the knowledge and the wherewithal of how to handle our money. So by the time I went to college uh, and left home, I just hit you know the reality of, wow, people do not know what they're doing with their money. And I wasn't perfect by any means, but I definitely felt like I had this this knowledge that I could share with people. And so uh, right after college, I started traveling and speaking and writing all on this topic and kind of gearing my message more um, naturally, probably towards a more of a female, more of a younger um, demographic than who my dad reaches. And I really just kind of gained traction with this message and and I love it. And so I've been um, married for almost seven years. I met my husband at college and we have one little girl. She is uh, 17 months now. Her name's Amelia. And we're just having a good time. It's a fun season of life for us. And and yeah, so it's, it's great. So I have to know, how intimidating was it for Winston to bring his, um, you know, to to enter the Ramsey family? (laughs) Well, you know what? What's so funny is he had never even heard of my dad. He had to Google. Yeah, he had to Google when we were dating because so many people were like, oh, my gosh, you're dating Dave Ramsey's daughter. And he was like, who is Dave Ramsey? So he had to Google. So honestly, it was a little refreshing. Uh, So that intimidation wasn't, I mean, I think it was there, obviously, being a dad, you know, that it's a dad of the girl you're dating going to marry. Uh, but yeah, the whole Dave Ramsey thing, really, he, he didn't really know about. That's perfect. He had no preconceived notions. So he was able to exactly. just go in. Exactly. 
And he actually used a credit card on our first couple of dates, so, which probably made it even better. So yeah, it um, yeah. So he he yeah, had no preconceived notions of Dave Ramsey, that's for sure. That is hilarious. I love that. Um, okay, so you are a wife and a mom, and you have a new book out called "Love Your Life, Not Theirs." Tell us a little bit about what the book is about. Yeah, I'm so excited about this book. You know, living in in today's world, I've just realized that social media has made it easier than ever for us to compare our lives to everyone else. And so many people are struggling with money, but we don't see that side of the picture. And so in the book, I walk uh, everyone through seven money habits for living the life they want. And this really helps them uh, eliminate debt, stress, and worry that comes in their life. And it's habits like steering clear of debt, making a plan for your money, talking about money, even when it's hard, just kind of those kind of habits. And so uh, really excited to get this message out. And it's something that's been uh, close to my heart for a while because it's a lot of uh, personal stuff as I've dealt with money. Um, definitely, you know, out of college and working and becoming a mom and a wife, all of that. And so, um, so a lot of perspective uh, from that side is in the book. So I'm curious, when you and Winston got married, uh, you know, no matter who someone's dad is, everybody comes into marriage with certain financial histories and perspectives from their families. Was that something that you guys had to work through or you guys on page one from the beginning? You know, we really made money kind of an organic conversation while we were dating. I mean, that was something I definitely learned. Um, my parents taught me was that you you need to be on the same page with your spouse uh, when you get married. And so we really did. We talked about it. And thankfully, we had a lot of the same goals. And so, um, yeah, he he cut up his credit card, <laughs> not, <laughs> not by me pressuring him, but just through these conversations of like, hey, you know, what would it be like to to live debt free and uh, doing a budget? We want it to be a priority in our in our life and funding retirement and doing those kind of things. And it's funny because he's actually naturally a saver uh, and kind of more of the planner. And I'm definitely uh, more of the spender and kind of the partier. And so uh, opposites attract. And so he actually keeps me in line with our money (laughs) more than I do, even though this is my job and this is what I talk about. I'm definitely more inclined to to break the budget or to spend more than I should. And so um, so I would say he he kind of had to get me on board probably more than I had to get him, to be honest. That probably works perfectly for you all scenario. I love that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, well, I love the heart of the book. And um, so a little bit of, of my story is that when I was in college, our college pastor really, really encouraged us to pursue being debt free, getting out of college debt mm-hmm. if we had any as, as quickly as possible so that we could just be free that if, if God wanted to send us to Namibia, um, we could go and we didn't have to think about paying off debt and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. so when my husband and I got married right out of college, we were like, we were fierce. We lived in Houston, Texas. I don't know how familiar you are with Texas, but Houstonians, I love you. But it's like, weather-wise, it's like the armpit of Texas. And <laughs> It is hot. I've been there a few times. It yes. is hot and humid. And we were so serious. We lived in this super fancy neighborhood and we brought in the lower end of the socioeconomic you know, spectrum there. And we lived mm-hmm. in this apartment where roaches would crawl down the wall when we would cook. And our air conditioning went out in our car and I drove in Houston in rush hour traffic for 45 minutes. It's either way uh, to work and back just so we could pay off our college loans. And while that was a super hard thing to do, um, I can honestly say that I don't think we, we starting out our marriage at, at like that. I don't think my husband and I have ever actually had an argument about actual money. We had an argument once about when we were trying to like specifically um, budget where we were going to buy blueberries because <laughs> we we're like, you can't buy blueberries at Walmart. It doesn't fit into the grocery category. 
hilarious it's always the budget buster the right blueberries right <laughs> but this the whole heart of this i think has been instrumental to our marriage and to you know just our relationship and being able to get along because we don't have um the stress that we could have had because we graduated with a ton of college debt um, yeah absolutely it's amazing the unity that happens in your yes. marriage not only when you work together with your money but mm-hmm. also when you're working towards a goal and you're sacrificing together i mean what you guys did i mean that's so admirable i mean to now know that debt doesn't have to hold you back from anything and you don't owe anyone anything there was sacrifice involved but the the long-term effects of that are just it's amazing and when you and your spouse do it together that's what i tell people all the time is at first you know the idea of, of you know joining your money together and working together uh for some people, I would say, you know, putting all your money in one account, it, it's easier just to deal with. So it's the detail part. But what people don't realize is the emotional side of that, that when you really do, you are one unit when it comes to your money, uh, how that positively affects your marriage. There might be some fights and you know at the beginning as you're starting out. But like you said, you become one. And it's amazing uh, when you get on that same page, the unity that comes. Absolutely. And I think that is the exact... Um combatant i guess we need to the whole idea of comparison that you're talking about in your book because when we have a goal when we know what we're shooting for then comparison isn't as big of a deal because that's a different goal and if that's we right. have our own goal so tell us a little bit about this whole comparison thing and and what we're experiencing and especially young moms today um with going through social media and dealing with finances and marriage and all that tell us a little bit about that Yes. Well, this is the first habit in the book and it's called quit the comparisons. And so um, I really write again out of a place of my own of my own heart. And it kind of started for me this train of thought when I was uh, my husband, and I had just gotten back from a vacation our second year of marriage. And I was sitting down on the couch right when we got back from the airport, like I literally had walked in the door, sat on the couch opened up Instagram and I saw all these vacation pictures of other people and their vacations were so much better than the one we had just taken as that's what it felt like. And I realized within five minutes of coming home from vacation, I already was discontent, unhappy. And I thought, Rachel, what are you doing? Like, this is crazy. You just got back from a trip with Winston. What are you doing? And so this moment of realizing, wow, social media really plays a huge part in our lives and a lot of the time in a negative way. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to blame social media because I'm on everything. Okay. I love Instagram and Twitter, Snapchat, all of it. So I don't blame it, but I do think it's the vehicle which takes us down the road of comparisons because more than ever, we get to see everyone else around us. And and in my parents' generation, the idea of keeping up with the Joneses, you know, you you know, ten even 10 years ago, 10, 20 years ago, you actually had to see the Joneses in person to compare yourselves to. You had to see them at church or you had to see them at the gym. Uh, and today we carry the Joneses around with us in our back pockets, you know, on our phone. And so um, it just can be a very dangerous place to be because what ends up happening is, and I'm guilty of this as well, but the, what we post on social media is the best part of our lives. It's everyone's highlight reel. And what's it, what ends up happening is people see that and they think, oh, wow, Everyone's life is so exciting. They have you know great clothes and a new car. They just bought a new house. They redid their kitchen. They're going on vacation again. You know, they're going to Disney for the fifth time this year. And I haven't even taken my kids to Disney. You know, you you see all the best parts of their life, but what you don't see is the behind the scenes, and you don't see you know possibly the second mortgage that was taken out to redo that kitchen or the car payments that come at the end of every month that they have to pay and it's stressing out their marriage. I mean, you don't see the entire picture. And so that's what we have to realize is that we're comparing our lives to everyone else's highlight reel. And what ends up happening is we end up spending money that we may or may not have to keep up this lifestyle that we think everyone else is living and we're missing out on. And so... 
that's the reality of, of what social media is doing. And again, I don't think it's a completely horrible, evil thing, but I think we just have to come into grips of, hey, this is this is truth. And this is like, this is what people are posting. And um, and we just have to realize that for our own family's sake. And kind of like what you were saying before when you're working with your husband, you know, the idea of, of having blinders on and say, hey, let's focus on our family, figure out what we value and not make everyone else tell us what we should value. Mm-hmm. We, we lived in an area called the Woodlands and literally we had friends that were at like early 20s, vice presidents of companies and driving these amazing cars. And we had cars with muffler problems and we would have people over to our low. I mean, it was when I think back on it, we had a Super Bowl party once with a 13 inch television. <laughs> and you survived, right? <laughs> and we survived, and it's great yes. stories now. Oh, but the whole idea of just right. having that goal, um, I think, can be can be huge. So, I think it's a little different, though. You know, that was easier for us when we had no kids, when we had two mm. incomes. So, yes. let's fast forward a little bit to what about you know families who are just trying to make it? Maybe a family who's just really wanting the mom to stay home, or a family yes. who's just making it with both parents working. How do they rein things in? How do they get things in order? Yeah, well, I think kind of what we were talking about with social media, you have to drown out the noise and you can't let other people's expectations dictate your life. And so especially as a mom, I mean, the mom guilt thing is real. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, and I never knew it. I swear the day I got pregnant and we were telling people, you know, or the day we were telling people we were pregnant, uh, one of my friends, her husband said, his response was, well, welcome to the world of comparisons. And I was like, what? I was like, no, not really. And like, all of a sudden I had all these like, pregnant other pregnant women and they're like are you you know are you still working out or do you get morning sickness do you actually throw up or are you just not i mean it's like we're comparing pregnancies already and i'm like the baby hasn't even been born yet and i already feel guilty that i ate like a hot dog or whatever and i'm not supposed to like like i mean it just it, it started so soon and so i think as a mom, this is all magnified and so that's why i think more than ever for us it's so important to like be happy for people. Yes. So when you see those posts on social media and you're like, okay, we don't have that. We can't do that. Just, you you know, you, you have to be grateful for where you're at is first and foremost. But also, you know, to the other people, just say, you know what, that's your life and that's great. I'm going to be happy for you. But at the same time, I'm really going to focus on me and my family. And so when there's things that come up, like a mom wants to stay home uh, or you guys want to, you know, maybe even buy a newer, bigger house, possibly in a different school system. I mean, whatever life stage you're in, when there is purchases, being able to get your money in order is so, so important. And so I tell families all the time, when you're starting out, figuring out this whole money situation, the very first thing you want to do is make a plan for your money. And that's one of the habits I talk about in the book, but making a plan for your money and that really is a budget when you get down to it. And I hate using that word because I feel like people cringe and people probably are turning off this podcast right now, but don't. (laughs) Don't turn Um, it off. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because a budget doesn't have to be scary. A budget doesn't have to be intimidating. A budget really, it gives you um, the freedom and the permission to live the kind of life you want. And that's what I love about a budget is that you are planning your money, you're planning your values um, there instead of your life controlling you or your money controlling you, you're controlling it. And so being able to sit down and say, hey, we're going to do a budget every single month before the month begins and figuring out how much money you're going to make that month, listing out all of your expenses, giving every dollar a category, assigned to a category uh, and doing kind of the nitty gritty part of money. But it's amazing once you budget 
and you're working together with your spouse, give it a few months for it to work. But as it starts working, it's amazing what ends up happening. The control, the peace uh, that you feel, your, your stress and your anxiety towards money will lower because what you're doing is you're realizing that a budget isn't limiting your freedom. A budget gives you freedom. Mm-hmm. It gives you freedom in so many ways. And so um, being able to say, okay, hey, what, let's say we cut out one of our income so so the, the wife can stay home. Can we do that? Can we live on that? And look, and maybe you're gonna have to cut some stuff. Maybe there's some sacrifices. Hey, we're not gonna go shopping or maybe we're not gonna take a beach trip this year. Whatever you have to do uh, to cut some things in order for you know the mom to stay home if that's what you guys are wanting to do then a budget really is going to help you plan and see what you guys have uh, and be able to help you plan forward for that lifestyle. And and again, a budget, I I resisted it for so long because it's not my natural bent uh, to sit down and plan on everything. But gosh, as a spender, I'm telling you, it's amazing because I am able to spend money guilt-free. When I go shopping and there's a clothing I you know, clothing line item in my budget and I have a dollar amount, I can go shopping or I can go to Target or do whatever I want to do. And I I don't have that guilt or that shame because I know the number I can spend and I spend within that. And it's amazing the power that you feel when you have control of your money. Absolutely. It's so freeing to be like, oh, I'm going to buy that instead of feeling like, oh, maybe I should ask and make sure that we have enough or that that's okay. Why don't you yes. do it? It's exactly. Wonderful. Yes. And it sounds so simple, but I don't think people realize the the second guessing that goes on during a purchase, even if it's a shirt and you're, mm-hmm. you know, at J. Crew or whatever, and you're like, oh gosh, like, is this too much? Like, it's okay. Should this go to the, you know, pay for cable instead? I mean, yeah, you're going mm-hmm. through all those thoughts and, and having that budget there, it's it's amazing what it does. Okay. Now I want you to feel free to tell me that I shouldn't be doing this. Um, <laughs> but, but to counteract the whole blueberry story earlier, we realized at least maybe for us, um, it, at least in the situation we are right now, that having a super duper detailed budget did not work for once we got to a certain place, once we felt like we were mm-hmm. at a certain place. At this point now, we just generally, we know how much we want to save for certain things. We know how much we want um, to go to certain categories kind of in general. But as far as a very specific budget of saving every single receipt and tracking everything, because I know that there are a lot of people out there listening that might be like my husband or I and be like, oh my gosh, that just kills me to think about tracking every little thing. And so at this point in time, we just kind of generally know the numbers that we want for each month and we make sure we hit those. And for some reason we don't hit those, then we dive in deep and look at all of those numbers and things. What would you say that? Is that a totally bad idea? Feel free to to say that. And at what point should a family consider doing that? Is that something they can do starting out of the gate just so that they don't feel overwhelmed or should they start off just knowing all those little numbers? Sure. Well, I would say depending on where you're at, if you are, you know, trying to get out of debt or you're saving for a fully funded emergency fund of three to six months of expenses, which are two steps to do. Um, I would say when you're in that situation, the more detailed, the better off you're going to be. Cause, cause really, even if you could pull 20 bucks out of a category and put it towards the debt or put it towards savings, um, then I, I would be stricter in that season of life. But once you're debt free and you have a fully funded emergency fund, I think you can let your your foot off the accelerator a little bit and be a little bit more lenient uh, because you have the margin at that point um, where when you're getting out of debt, I want every extra penny you have going towards getting out of debt. And so I would say that, yeah, you don't want a, you know an Excel spreadsheet of like 80,000 line items. <laughs> That's like Q-tips are, we're only going to spend this on Q-tips. And you're like, okay, well, we busted that by $2 because I built you know, bought a different yeah. brands. Yeah, or blueberries. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
So I would say make your categories definitely fit, um, you know, how, how you roll. So for instance, I mean, I would have food, but if you want to break it out into groceries and out to eat, mm-hmm. that's probably a smart idea. Um, but again, you don't have to, to break out every single little thing, um, you know, meaning like, okay, well, we're, this is, this is date night and this is fast food and this is, you know, it can just be overall here are restaurants. This is yes. what we're going to spend on restaurants overall. Here it is. Um, so yeah, the more, the more general, probably the, the more likely you are to stick to it, but there's an app called every dollar and it's free and it's amazing. And it, and what it does is it tracks, you can put in the transactions there on your phone or there's a, a little bit of an upgrade every dollar plus where actually it's connected to your bank account. And so your transactions automatically come to the app and you can just drag it in the categories and it does the math for you. It's all right there. Your budget's on the go. And so it is it is the best budgeting app. And I'm telling you, when I started doing this, I, I've, I've been doing it now for a couple of months and it has it's not changed the way I've budgeted because it's the way I've always budgeted, but I can keep up with it. I mean, it's amazing how much more accurate I am because I don't have to keep up with every little receipt because the transactions are right there in the app. And so I really would recommend whoever's budgeting, if you've been budgeting for a while or you're just starting out, download every dollar. Uh, it's free and it will help you do exactly what we're talking about. Very cool. Look that up on your phone right now or check out the show notes. I'll have the link there. Um, okay, so so really the heart of it is figuring out what's going to allow you to develop the habit. Um, and you talk about money habits in your book. What are some of those habits and what what, what do you think people should start? Which habit should they start with? Sure. Well, the habits... Um you know, they range from everything from uh, steering clear of debt, making a plan for your money, talking about money, even when it's hard, like kind of what we're talking about, um, save like you mean, mean it, give a little until you can give a lot. So it really, it, it encompasses basically every area of money I try to touch on. Um, and I would say the very first habit you could start on, um, you could probably do two simultaneously. The first one is quit the comparisons. And we talked about that. And so for people to find contentment in their life, um, which I think starts with gratitude and being grateful for where you are, that's going to give you a good, more of emotional foundation to start this money journey. Uh, And then the next thing I would definitely say is the whole make a plan for your money, doing a budget. That's going to give you, that's kind of your compass, uh, your goal, if you will, uh, with your money. And so then, you know, unpacking after that things like steering clear of debts and starting to get out of debt is huge. And so, uh, but I would say that the first two to really kind of like think through more of the emotional side of money, quitting the comparisons and then starting that budget, make a plan for your money. I love it. Uh, it sounds random, but as you're talking about it, because I steer everything in life back to the Olympics, um, it, made me think, <laughs> it made me think about, you know, like an Olympic sprinter, whenever the, you know, the gun goes off and they start running, it'll look like totally look like they're losing. But then at the end, they sprint toward the finish because they knew their whole game plan. They weren't looking, mm-hmm. oh, somebody's beating me. So maybe I should run faster. They knew their game plan from the beginning. And so they ran that race. And then that's how that they they won the race. And so that's kind of maybe a, a, a different example of how comparisons can impact us and get us off of our race. Um, but having a plan can help us figure out how we are going to thrive financially and, and get to the place that we can really walk in freedom. Um, yes, well said. Where can people find you and where can people find your book online or in stores? Yes, um, the book you can buy at rachelcruz.com or any major bookstore. It will be there. Uh, you can find me on, as we've been beating up social media, <laughs> I'm on social media. So Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, all there at Rachel Cruz, C-R-U-Z-E. And I have a lot of free content and articles and, and video blogs and stuff on um, on my uh, website at rachelcruz.com and also a YouTube channel with some more videos. Awesome. Do you have to spell your name all the time? 
C-R-U-Z-E. Yes. Yeah. I always have to throw the E at the end. No one does it. So yeah, I always just, just double check. Well, yeah. And then Rachel has the whole, is there an A in it or is there not an A in it? There's not an A. Right. So it's right. more of the normal way, I think. Yes. Every other Rachel out there that doesn't spell it that way probably hates me right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the normal way, you could say. <laughs> Awesome. Rachel, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. And um, I'm so excited about your book. Everybody go check that out and um, find Rachel on social media, but don't compare. Thank you so much, Kat. (laughs) Thanks for having me on. All right. Bye. Well, that's all that we have for today's episode of the Inspired to Action podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen. I know that there are a million things that you could be doing right now, and I hope that this episode has encouraged you. You know, if you have any questions or suggestions for me, just head over to inspiredtoaction.com and click the contact button to send me an email. I would love to hear from you, and I would love to do whatever I can to get the resources that you need to keep growing as a mom. And if you enjoyed this podcast, it would be awesome if you would take a minute to rate it on iTunes. That's going to help more moms to find it and get the encouragement that they need. And as always, you can check out all the show notes for this session at inspiredtoaction.com. And you can also download any of our free ebooks or our free prayer calendars for moms at the blog. Just go to inspiredtoaction.com and click on the resources link. And my name is Kat Lee, and I wish you an incredible day with your family. And remember, you're a mom. You're kind of a big deal. Now go be awesome. It's early in the morning, the house is quiet. But I've set aside this time for you. I bow before the throne of a noble king. And in this place, my heart begins to sing. It's gonna be a good day, a good day filled with His grace, His grace and sweet new mercies. May my thoughts obey Jesus to walk in His way by His Spirit with each breath that I take. It's feeling like a good day.